Hey, Devil fans, you're tuned in to the Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast, and here are your hosts, Chris Cole and Dan Martin. Welcome to the Uncle Puckers Podcast, and the streak is alive, going for 15, third period right now, Devils are up 3-1, unbelievable history was made last game, where the Devils defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-2, and here they are looking to extend... And yes. Real quick. Yes. Um, the game against Toronto. Yes. Yeah, did you watch that game, right? Yeah. I mean, I had to sound down because I had a couple things I had to do. Right. Daily affirmations. Watch things it, I was listening to. Didn't hear it. My doctor prescribed. I I watched it though, and I saw one goal in the first period. Right. I saw another goal in the second period. Right. Devils goals. Uh, then there was a Devils had two in the third period. By my count, that's four goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had one goal. That was allowed. Three goals disallowed. They lost. The, the, the streak is over. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. No, no, I'm not kidding. I, what? I've never seen a game where three goals are disallowed. Yeah, this happened. This is a thing. So. Um, All right, I got to yeah. start watching the games with the sound up. Yeah, sometimes I, that might be a good idea. So, I, yeah, sorry. So this is uh, not going to be a, a 15th in a row win that so I'm looking at right now, 3-1. to be, one. It's going to be a one in a row win. Uh, the start of a new, tre- uh, a new streak, hopefully. But anyway, yeah, the streak is over. Right. Ended at the hands of Toronto Maple Leafs with the Devils getting three disallowed goals in that game. Fans... We're fucking irate. I mean, I did ice. notice some reviews, uh, but looking at those goals, could you really uh, tell me that you're going right. to disallow three right. of those goals? We'll get into it, and all we'll right. talk about all three goals. Um, I'm Chris, he's Dan, and our executive producer, Evie, is here. Uh, this is the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devil podcast, like Dan said, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, all the wishful thinking in the world is not going to help this team with the streak. I mean, you're dead. sure about this? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Sorry, man. That's, I guess that's my bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, yeah, let's get into that Toronto game a little bit. But before we do, let's just recap right now, third period. We have, wow, less than a minute left. Devils are up 3-1 to one with goals from uh, Hughes, Boquist, and Tatar to uh, go on the road when they're ninth in a row on the road, uh, beating the Buffalo Sabres to start a new streak. And this one might go maybe 14 games. So, uh, yeah, in, uh, in all seriousness, uh, that Toronto game. Come on, just give me a one-word thought from both of you. Uh, revenge on the part of Canada, <laughs> I'm guessing. That's my one word, revenge. Wow, you know what? I didn't even fucking think about that. Oh Well, where do they review all these... Goals. In, in Toronto. In Toronto. Well, that's interesting. And how many times have the Devils uh, lost to a Canadian team this year? Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, no, no. None. None? No. Oh, okay. So, you know, there, there may have been some fix in here. Wow. You uh, know what? I haven't even thought about that, and I'm not one to dive into conspiracy theories, but that is seriously bullshit. Yes. That, yeah, um, so yeah, okay, the fix was in. There was no way they were getting to the 14th win, not against the Maple Leafs, or the, the Team Milk, that's what we can call them. Yeah. <laughs> you saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that's about. I thought they were honoring Harvey Milk, and I remember that he's in San Francisco, or yeah. was, and then uh, I don't I have no idea what that's about. It's uh, They are now being sponsored by the Canadian Dairy Farmers. Are you serious? Um, association, yes, and now they have milk. 
I thought just putting jersey. jersey on your they're jersey like was fucking, dumb. Right. Now they're <laughs> Like, yeah, like they're turning them into their jerseys into NASCARs. Like they're just going to come around with fucking ads all over them. Yeah, I mean we got the moving ads on the ice and the boards and everywhere else. Uh, Akira Smead yeah. and his giant head, third star. Yeah, four O and O. So before we get into the Toronto game, can we just say that this kid should not be sent back down to uh, Utica ever? How are you going to do it? Yeah, he looks great. It? He looks great. He looks so steady this game. Um, Made some very big saves early on. You know, the Devils have... What was the total shot count on this game? It's insane. They were clobbering them, but they also know. gave up a ton of chances, particularly in the second period, and only let the one in. He looked very sharp. Listen, there's. I just can't see how... When you have a kid in the pipe that you're developing like him, and I don't care how many games he plays down in Utica, the... You know, 20 or so starts he might get up here this year is going to be invaluable. Mm -hmm. So Blackwood is going to be gone, I believe, and Smith Schmidt is going to be our our backup. What do you think about that, Evie? Who do you want to see? Oh, I love Schmid. Okay. Honestly, I don't want even Bernier to come back. Like, I loved him while he was playing, but I just love Vanatek and Schmid so much. I don't know what um, they're going to do with Bernier. That's actually a good question. Right, this is a tough problem. You, I don't. I mean, you tell Bernier, take your time coming back, buddy. Yeah. At this point, but uh, I guess the decision will have to be made at some point because sending me down seems like a tough choice right now. But I guess oh, he is I, the youngest one. Yeah, but that's you want to see what Bernier Why has. you want him up? I believe. You know, he's not a fucking liability. Right. He's playing great. Right. All right, but listen, before we get into that, let's talk about the Toronto game. Yeah, I mean, it just in. You know what? Uh, if you're gonna have your streak broken, and you want to see how that loss goes down, this is not a bad way to have it end. Because by all rights, they should have won that game. I mean, yeah, they, they totally outplayed the Toronto. They them into the ground. Yeah, I mean, they were the better team on the ice for sure. And without, uh, I'm gonna say a lot of help from the refs, um, it might have gone a different way. There's definitely some things they can pin on themselves, but. All right, for well, the most part, you know, they look great. All right, let's talk about the first disallowed goal. Mm. Okay, that was the one where you had, I believe it was ODB on the side of uh, Murray, right? He was on the left side of Murray. Uh, yes. They, they call By it, ODB, oh, you I'm mean sorry, Bastion. Old, old Dirty Bastion. Bastion. Yeah, exactly, Old Dirty Bastion. And so they um, they called it for goaltender interference. Their skates, skate blades touched for a split second. The shot came from the point after the... Skate blades touched. Murray had enough time to reset. In no way, shape, or form impeded him uh, to his attempt to save the shot, save the goal, and the goal goes. The puck goes in. They call it goaltender interference. Now, that to me was blatant bullshit. Okay, uh, I'll play devil's advocate, please, but in this please. case, you're not the devil's advocate. You're more Toronto's advocate because the Devils definitely need an advocate there. But here's the thing: I, watching it in super slow motion when their skates clink. You know, th there is motion from the goaltender from his right to his left, just a little bit, and you see it stop. Also, the shot goes in on the same exact side that he was headed towards before he stopped. I'll be honest with you. When I saw that call, as far as is the call right or wrong, there's a couple things with this. Number one, yes, I think the call is right, okay? And it, it, it's a technically right call. But number two, and I think this is maybe more important, this would have, most times, uh, the on-ice officials would have called this a goal 
and then the uh, the team that wanted to challenge it right. would have had to get that call right and replay, which you you know usually the, when they they look at you know countermanding these calls, overturning the refs, the the, the refs have a little bit of an edge there. Okay, right. so I think this actually. If it wasn't the Devils, if it, roles were reversed and the same exact play happened, would have been called a goal on the ice, and it probably would have stood up, which would have been, ironically, technically the wrong call. So if you get what I'm saying, they I were do. right, but they were also... But I don't agree, because I don't think it was goaltender interference. I understand that. I understand Only because Murray was able to reset. He was able to make a play on that puck. All right? The... the, the Clinking of the blades was so minute. It's, it's such a hairline call. If the puck went by on his on his right side instead of his left, or if he had absolutely stopped before they did the little skate touch, I would be with you there. But you know what? That's okay. one goal, All right. and I, quick, I could totally ODB, see that going either way. And I'm just saying it's probably a right call. If ODB does not clink skates with Murray, right? Does Murray make that save, or is that a devil goal? What do you think? I think it's a devil's goal. Right. I don't. It was his. He wasn't positioned right, and I mean, I can't picture. I don't know how it would have been if he didn't touch a skate, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I mean, okay, so all right, so that goal, first one disallowed. And the Devils have had this like bit of a fucking problem all year with goals not being allowed. This is oh, probably yeah. now after that one. I think we're at four or five. Yeah, that's that what I was thinking. Not, right. So then let's go to the second period. Okay. All right. Puck comes around. Um, Murray comes out to play it. He uh, is on the ice. He's in front of his net. Tatar is skating basically between the uh, the goal and the goalie. He's probably about five, six feet away from his net, maybe more. Uh, Tatar and him have incidental contact. They bump a bit. Uh, shot comes from Severson from the point. Murray's completely out of his net. Puck goes in. Call it no goal um, because there was incidental contact. Now, the rule is that if it's incidental contact, you the goal should have been allowed. And the refs decided to say at that point that, well, it was... Um, more than incidental. Too much incidental <laughs> yeah. contact. Super so, incidental. They made well, up a word. So, so whatever... That has, so that's the second goal they disallowed. What are you, both of your thoughts no, that, on that? that one? This is the goal more than any other that I have a major problem. Oh, with. the third one. If, is the one I have a fucking major. Well, we'll problem. get to that one too. But you know, the, here's the thing on the second one. We first of all, you can look at all over the place, and you will find many instances um, of you know. We're, we're looking at one right now. This is from when exactly, Evie? Um, January 4th, 2020, against the Colorado Avalanche. Against the Avalanche, and you see here Blackwood get an incidental contact with an Avalanche player as he plays the puck, right? and it ends up in the net, and it's ruled, after review, a goal. Okay? Right. And by the way, this is one from 2020. I, I feel like you see this all the time. Um, incidental contact, as you said correctly in the rule book, is incidental, and if you're... In the crease, incidental contact goes in the goaltender's favor. No goal. This is exactly. like the problem Bastion had in the previous call. Incidental contact outside of the crease. While you're playing the puck well away from your crease, as was here, um, there's a reason they call it incidental. It's not a penalty. And if it's not a penalty, 
it's also doesn't stop a goal and the rule book says that that's a goal. So then they want to disallow it. Now here's another point I'm going to bring up. The call from the on ice officials again went to Toronto, right? Which it's not like this is being reviewed and the devils are clawing for something. You know, they're right away. They're getting the advantage. And uh, what is Toronto, meaning the judges back in Toronto, do? They say, oh, no, it's the right call because the refs made the wrong call. And they should have given a penalty. Right. They further clarified. Should have been a penalty on Tatar. Should have been a penalty on Tatar. So it basically, fuck you. You just be happy you didn't get a penalty right. on top of the goal. Right. Which, by the way, would have been a delayed call. Uh, you know, delays, which, yeah, which is no penalty yeah, on top of that, obviously. Ten minutes later. I mean, that was total bullshit. That second no goal was total bullshit, which, Absolutely. by the way, in a game that you lose 2-1 is literally all the difference. The third goal, mm. I can see a little bit um, of an argument because, and I was kind of like a little surprised by this, the rule book says... Right. Yeah. Distinct kicking motion, even if it goes off of another player, the goaltender, whatever, is a goal. Is a disallowed. Disallowed. Disallowed goal. Now, so, but here's my problem with that. Well, you tell ahead. me what you think. Because the I, kicking I have a motion, with that. I think, has to be towards the net. Exactly. It was actually away from That's, the net. He's kicking it to his stick, and then it's like goes back into play in my mind. And since it goes off of, I think, two other people, including the goal, goaltender and a, a defenseman from. I don't see how you disallow that either. That's the one I'm like, ah, man. But yet again, Toronto gets the benefit from the on-ice officials as well as Toronto. So the rule states that if, like you said, a kicking motion goes off an opposing player and into the net, so kicking motions, kicking motion can't do it. Right. Which is a whole discussion we can have another time about whether or not they should change that rule. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, but it is a rule. It does state kicking motion Towards the net. I think those key words he at the end are important, right? To the left of yes. the net. He, him kicking that puck in no way, shape, or form from where the devil player was, if he kicked the puck, was that going in the net? Absolutely. Right. So he kicks the puck, it bounces, pinballs off a couple of maple leaves, goes in the goal. Uh, again, like you said, call it no goal. They go up to Toronto. Toronto says, fuck the devils, no goal. <laughs> exactly. And the fans at that point. Lose their goddamn minds. Yeah, sixty thousand people. No, it's not that many. How many percent of people said the rock? Maybe 20, 20, 20, 000, something like that. Twenty, twenty-one thousand people. Nineteen and change now. The this, new one. Okay, the yeah. stadium was fucking shaking. So they couldn't even keep the camera steady. Yep. And, you know, and and uh, the whole place was just absolutely irate. And they're throwing beers. They're throwing everything on the ice, littering the ice, which I don't agree with. You know, sure. beers are way too fucking expensive. Exactly. That's alcohol abuse, people. And, and you know, okay, look, you know, you're pissed off, and you have a right to be. Uh, but, you know, the referees at that point could have said, that's it, call the game, and we could have had no chance, you know, because of what the, the fans did. I mean, if when I was the last time that happened? I have no idea. Come on, I mean... I have no idea. But would you have been shocked if it... If the, the way, way it was that going. thing was going, would yeah. you have been shocked if the referees didn't just say, I shut know. it down... Go home. But, you know, like it just sucks, too, because, first of all, like we said, on-ice officials and off-ice officials give Toronto the benefit of the doubt twice in a row. The third uh, opportunity for them to, you know, let this coin flip that lands on the edge fall one way or the other and maybe not even even the score, but make it less egregiously in Toronto's favor, they're like, no, fuck that. And that's when you really felt like you're, you're totally in the tank. So I get it. 
Um, I definitely would have thrown, you know, the toupee on the guy next to me or whatever. Not a beer. Definitely not a beer. But, uh, you know, and if you're wearing any expensive look, gear, I'm not throwing that out there either. It's hard enough to go out there and play against, you know, Austin Matthews and Nylander and that Toronto team. And they're a good hockey team. They have good goaltending. But then you have to yeah. go and play against the referees on top of it. Yeah. It a great goaltending. And I felt like if I'm, yeah, if I'm Matt Murray, I'm, I, uh, like, he played a great game. And I feel like I, that sucks, man. He, Maybe they live with it, but I'd be like, that takes away the story of him stealing this game. Right. He did a great job, because but that's like an asterisk that, you because know. Because all like, he did was on. make a bunch, made, made a great saves, but it, all things considered, Devils would have won that game. Right now, this yeah. streak should be 15. Yep. And, you know, okay, streaks don't matter in the grand scheme of things. No. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But the way that that team lost, and in that fashion, at home... I just, it was, the NHL needs to really do something about their refereeing. Because you cannot have, like you just showed, an almost exact replica of uh, Blackwood getting incidental contact and the goal being allowed. And then almost, and you can probably go through... I bet you can find 10 from last year. Exactly. With other teams involved. And I guarantee that most of them, 9 out of 10 of them, are goals. Yeah, the incidental contact is a goal, but this time it wasn't. And I mean, Evie just showed me another clip, and then I thought this was hilarious. Now, this was from today's game: Toronto versus Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild. Three times Murray kicks off his net, and um, you know, it, it, you know, he did that during our game. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. absolutely. And you know, he's kicking off his net, and I'll tell you what, it looks kind of purposeful. I mean, you can assess a goal for that if it's anywhere near. The shot on net, right? If you want to, and at the very least a penalty. But I feel like Toronto gets away with it. Even watching that Minnesota game today, right? I felt like you know Toronto's getting every benefit so of the doubt. So are we? Are we saying it's amazing? It? Are we? Are we going to say that that just fuck Toronto now? Like are we done uh, yeah. with them? I mean seriously. So, and you know, know the fucking the stupid milk jerk offs and and. I want them in the playoffs uh, now. I'll tell you that because I was thinking that I was the refs the and Toronto can't keep us down for seven games with these tricks. Here's That's the bullshit. There's no way they can do it because the Devils look so much better of a team. They had the better chances. You know, there's there's no way they're not going to put them away in a seven game series, despite all the help from Toronto. Dude, take the second and third period. The Devils skated them into the fucking ground. Yeah. They had no answers. They were basically... I mean, if Murray wasn't in goal, and, you know, the refs wouldn't have been able to do anything if they had any other goaltender playing that night because the Devils would have put nine in. Yeah. You know, and... And he had a phenomenal night. Murray was Yeah, Murray played fantastic. And you're right. He should be a little bit like, you know, yeah, my great performance is completely overruled, overshadowed by the fact that the referees gave us, you know, this win. They handed it to him. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you've... That whole idea of being in Toronto and everything, I didn't even think that because my mind didn't go there because in my head I don't like the idea of sports being, you know, to me sports is like the only thing that's not corrupt and bullshit. And I know I'm naive for saying that. I just don't ever want it to be that way. So, but it is, it is bullshit. So, and then tonight, 
They come out, they play fucking great. Oh, another they, good game. Yeah, and this is a team that you know you should beat, and uh, boy, did they beat them. And you know what's funny too? Um, I thought, especially feeling a little frustrated after the first period, they're they're shooting you know twenty something shots, and they have no goals to show for it. Right. Um, they they had a lot of bad puck luck, but they didn't slow them down, and they still you know ground this team into the ground. Yeah, three one. It looked more like a seven one performance. <laughs> so I mean that's that's great, and um, the 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 loss um, looked more like a, uh, a win too. So you know, in a way, you're looking yeah, at this going, boy, this team looks fantastic. Keep it up. We don't give a shit that you lost a one in there. Uh, that's just you know the NHL taking one from you. It doesn't really matter, and uh, they're still on pace. To uh, not only make the playoffs, but maybe stay with the division lead. Maybe take the conference in points on the way into the playoffs. Who knows? Well, right now, quarter of the season through, they're playing amazing. Evie, what did you think of the last two games? Tonight in particular, we kind of you know went over your idea Dogs on the Toronto game. Oh, they're so solid. Like, everything is going so well for them. The defense and all, uh, all the lines are great. Now, all right, so... We talked about it a little bit. Let's discuss it. The um, Smead comes in net, plays great tonight. All right. So seriously, think about it. What are does this team? What do you think this team should do in two or three weeks when Blackwood is ready to play? Get rid of him. <laughs> you, okay. So you're saying don't ever have Blackwood back. There's no need for him. I package him up. He makes some like amazing saves but in the end he's just so unreliable like you can't have a goaltender that just gets hurt like anytime he's like he's like made of glass like I can't that's a good point he definitely does get hurt a lot alright Dan what do you think what we do with Blackwood uh, you know until you can package him in a deal you're going to have to do something with him so if you're going to send anybody down I might send him down you know you send Blackwood down the AHL? Yeah, I think so. Um, you you could do it where you know he's going to get a game or two, and unless he's phenomenal, he's going to go down. Um, I could see why you'd want to play him a game or two, uh, just to see you know like, you know like uh, if he's in game shape, it's good to know, right? Yeah. Because especially look, if you're playing, I'm very hot game. on Schmid. He's looking great. I want to see as a priority work him in as the number two. Let's see him, okay? But you may have to give a game or two to Blackwood just to see what he's about, too, because Smith is still unproven, in it, especially in big games. <laughs> Blackwood is, you know, not, yeah. you know he's, he's not much either with that um, as far as being proven. But um, if you're going to deal him, I could see the logic in playing him a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. You have, so, to, you have to kind of... And there's just know, not enough games to sure. do that. You want to ride your number one, Vanacek. He's doing great. You, you know? need to show off the wares a little bit. They did send Ball and Holt back down to Utica. Yeah. So uh, everyone's pipe dream of Alex Holtz coming in. Sorry, Bobby Pennsylvania. Yeah. He thinks that, uh, you know, Holtz is going to be the next, uh, you know, desperate brat. And uh, this guy's going to come in and Doesn't look like it's going to be this year. Yeah. It might not be any year. Yeah, it might not be. Uh, I don't think so because... um, <laughs> Sorry, that was picking up on. The yeah, mic. no, I got you. I didn't know. <laughs> anyway, um, what the hell were you saying? Well, you talking about Holtz? Yeah, Holtz. You know, I, I mean, this is now what the third 
year that right. he's you know supposed to make this team, and every year we get so hyped up. Again, it's the same shit that we did with Pavel Zaka every year. Yes, that this is going to be Zaka's year, and you know what? Maybe the kid's just not that good. Uh, maybe he's not NHL material. I don't know. Um, but Ball, I really liked. Yeah, he looked good in his uh, his you know cup of coffee. I I'd say bring him back as soon as you can. He's well, welcome to come back. He looks know, great. We discussed possibly, you know, Severson kind of being the weak link on this defense and yeah, possibly moving him because of the depth that we have in that position. But with Ball going back down, it doesn't look – it looks like that's it. This is it. Severson's our guy. I know it's early. I know. He, but he's played a little bit better. Um, I think that – the management really does want to see him be what they've always thought him to be is like a big franchise defenseman. I think they're kind of wrong. I really do. They want him to be Scott Niedermeyer. He's not a Niedermeyer. No. He's not. uh, Niedermeyer knew how to be defensively responsible and never give up, you know, just to... uh, There's not even... They're not even in the same conversation, but that is what the team wants. That's what management thinks he should be. And, I mean, I don't think that Tom Fitzgerald has any... uh, you know, uh, ideas of that. You know that that just this guy is something he's not. I think they know what they have. I think they're really just kind of trying to hope that he can figure this out. He's already has the least amount of ice time for any defenseman right now. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like he's you know taking the world on fire. So I think you know if you are planning on possibly moving him, then you do have to play ball at some point. You know, you got or whoever you think is going to come in and exactly. Take that position. I mean, and that that's why I'm kind of surprised. I thought maybe Ball would get a game, um, you know, at least because they they kept him up so long, and uh, he didn't. Right. Um, I totally understand why Holtz wouldn't. You don't fuck with the forwards. They've been uh, playing great, and um, the little bit of rotating they did. The truth is, we're not really in a rush to get Holtz in there. Got everybody else firing on all cylinders. You got Block coming back. It's, you know, but where I feel like they're weakest is that sixth defenseman, you know? And that's, I agree. that's uh, like, who they got coming there? Do you really want to go in a playoff series where a couple bonehead moves can cost you a game? I don't, I don't like that. I, I would like to see Severson dealt before the playoffs, but you know what? He has been playing a little bit better the last couple games. Um, Who's the kid they brought flawless. up? Tyler Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon? Tell me about him. I don't he's know anything a, about him. He was drafted by the Flames in 2011. Okay. He's 11, really? Yeah, he's 29. Okay. Um, I don't know. I know nothing about him. Did he play with Utica this year at all? Um, let's find that out. All right. He probably had to. You know what we're going to do right now? I have this pretty cool article here written by Stan Fischler. Oh, nice. Yeah. I might have read that one. The 30 all-time best draft choices of the New Jersey Devils. All right. Today we're going to go through, we're going to do the first 10, 30 to 20 today. Okay. We'll talk and we'll go to, we'll do the next. So number 30 to number 20, best all-time draft picks. By Stan Fischler, best all-time draft picks by the New Jersey Devils. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Number 30. Hmm. And I'll read what he writes. Yes. Craig Billington. Okay. Goaltender, 23rd yeah. overall, drafted in 1984. 
It's never a good idea to rush a goalie into the bigs before his time, and that was the prime issue working against the agile Billington. But eventually, his natural talent paid off, and in 92-93, Biller produced a 21-16-4 record while forming an acceptable tandem with Chris Terreri as a prelude to the Martin Brodeur era. Yeah. I like Craig Billington. Yeah, and he was like their first franchise guy, you know? This one, I'm not sure if I can even agree with this one. So number 29, Scott Clemenson. Yeah. 215th overall in 1997. And he writes here, Considering that he was the first-born Iowa player to become a devil and was virtually buried in the draft, Clemmer was a huge and pleasant surprise. He proved to be a superb backup, and during the 08-09 season, he racked up 40 games with a nifty 2.39 goals against average and a .917 save percentage. And one reporter described him as a good, solid, reliable goalie. In mm. that glowing fucking comment. I mean, it really, he's the he's the 29th best So draft he got players? 40 games in 08-09, as you said, or 09-10? That's what this article tells Wow, me. I had no idea he had that many games that year. 08-09. Wow, well, I guess Brodeur had a lot of games that year. Yeah. I, in, in, that must be his least amount of games ever that year. For, you know, in the... In the for full disclosure here, I have to say that when did the when was the lockout? Oh five, we lost the whole season. Oh six, something like that. Yeah. All right, so pre the lockout, you know, it was all devils all the time, hockey, hockey, hockey. Mm-hmm. And I specifically said, if we lose that whole season, yeah, I'm fucking done. Yeah, I'm I think a lot of people were pissed. Games, yep. I'm not. I'm tired of the millionaires and the billionaires are fighting over fucking money and us jerk-offs are the ones that have to pay. And I'm not doing it. And they locked out the whole season and I probably went a good three or four years without watching any hockey. So this whole 08-09, I don't remember it because I wasn't watching the team back then. That's got to go down as as Padura's... Because he played like every goddamn game. You know, and, and that was part of the reason at the end, you know, he was like, I want more games. And right. Like, nah, the league was changing and they, they felt like he was getting older. So Clemenson had one good year for the Devils, it looks like. One really good year. Right. All right, number 28, Jack Hughes. All right. Living up to his sky-high notices has been no small feat for this product of the Hughes family hockey machine. Not only has he had to keep pace with older brother defenseman Quinn, who arrived a year earlier in the NHL, but now there's another Hughes on the New Jersey roster, kid brother Luke, a promising defenseman. Now that Jack has hit his stride, he's justifying the devil's faith in him as a future star. There's no question that this gifted center is a keeper now and in the future. Wish you'd read these in uh, Fischler's accent, that Long Island accent. I can't do a Long Island accent. I could try, but I don't think I can do one. Is he a Long Island guy? He's definitely New York, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could try if you wanted. No, that's okay. I think that's probably best scared. if I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of surprised he's that low there because, you know, at least in the, in this era, that's a huge, that was a big thing to get that number one draft and, you know, it's, it's supposed to be. If there was any guy on this list that, wow, these next two. I mean, the, the next one, I don't know if I would put above Hughes. Right. But number 27, he has Jesper Bratt. Hmm. 162nd overall in 2016. Says the Stockholm-born left wing paid his dues in Swedish competition before emerging as one of the best Devils forwards. He does so many things well that some press box types see a lot of Patrick Elias in his game. 
Imagine what a bargain Brat was, a six-round choice becoming an integral part of the offense. I mean, I maybe that's what's figuring into Stan's rankings, too, because, like, there is a good point here. He's ranked 166th, not first, like Hughes. Right. So, based on that scale, right. I, yeah. I guess you put him ahead of Hughes. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, still, I don't know what his list is all about. Is it overall impact, period, or is it is about, like, the screaming deal, the great find, the diamond in the rough. Well, it looks like these two is definitely more value than anything else, at least with the Brat one. True. I mean, these two guys are going to be superstars, no doubt. Um, yeah, yeah. I just hope that Brat's doing it in the double jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this really, number 26, 42nd overall, 2015, official as Mackenzie Blackwood. <gasps> like, what the f- like, the- I don't know, man. I... I- you put your top Devils goaltenders of all time. I don't even know where he ranks. It's towards the very bottom. The Thunder Bay, Ontario native, was going strong until injuries and illness detoured his career. A product of the Devils farm system, the big guy, 6'4", 225, worked his way to a starting role and for a time seemed destined to keep it. Some observers believe the best is yet to come, and that's why the current season will keep be key for Blackwood going forward. I cannot see the best is yet to come with Blackwood. The best is yet and to come. And Evie's 100% right. <laughs> yeah. It's the fucking reliability factor. Like, if yeah, you're so. not reliable, like, you know, the old adage, I know it's corny as fuck, but the best ability is availability. And if this dude is not available... By the way, know, these are his peak health years, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh-oh. <laughs> Number 25, Colin White. Yeah, I mean, I liked Colin. Colin, White. A great player, you know, very great Devils character. You know, he was a hard, all hard work. You know, played a good thumping game. He, he had enough skill to get you there, right? And he the was hard a work, very solid, very likable, very solid defenseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you just knew that you know this guy was, you know, he was tough. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he wasn't. He was very Ken Danikovich. You know? Yeah, he's like Ken yeah. Danico, but just a little bit better in every yeah. category, individual category. I'm not going to read what, what Fischler wrote in all these, hmm. unless you guys want me to. No, only if you could do the voice. I can't. All right. Um, number 24, Adam Larson. Adam Larson, Fourth okay. overall. Like, is the... The, if you, he better say that the main reason that he's great is because we got Taylor Hall for him. Right. Exactly. right? I mean, that's like, the only the, thing that was, makes him so good, right? Um, I just lost yeah. the fuck. Without him, we wouldn't have had Taylor Hall's MVP year. That's right. <laughs> that's about it. That's yeah, well, he got us to the playoffs. Yeah. I'll give him that. Absolutely. You know, I don't like Taylor Hall, but, you know, he... Oh, uh, that, that spring of his where, he, you know, he helped... The, he pretty much put the team on his back yeah. on the way... And, and he definitely was, deserved that Hart Trophy, but... That was Heischer and Brad's rookie year. Right. Um, you know, so... What the fuck? Taylor Hall has been the same since. No, he hasn't. All right, so... We got 25? I think I'm at 23. 23. I keep losing it. Um, what do we say? Adam Larson... Yeah, yeah. So, considering that the players selected before Larson, who's Jonathan Huberdeau, and after him, Ryan Strom, Larson didn't live up to expectations, but the bottom line was that he was a defenseman who played his role well, if not spectacularly. In good time, Larson teamed alongside reliable Andy Green, grew in stature, and eventually developed so well that the Devils were able to trade him and obtain future <laughs> MVP Adam Hall in return. I didn't say Adam. that wrong. He wrote... 
Adam Hall. Stan is a million years old. You gotta and, cut him a break. And when the fuck did we get Adam Hall? I didn't even know he was available. Adam Hall's the Love best. that guy. 23. The El Capitan. Nico Heischer. Alright, yeah, that was definitely a great Yes. Group. And I don't... And I'm so... Think about how bad that could have gone. Because who was the guy... Who was it that one second that was... Nolan, Nolan Patrick, right? It, yep. That was a big thing. And, yep. then that, and that asshole made that comment... When they were asking him where he would rather play, and he said, "Oh, it doesn't matter, but I I prefer cheesesteaks over pizza." Yeah, fucking tool. Where are you now? Who knows where this right? guy is? You fucking licking Tortola's tomb. Yeah, twenty-two. Nobody wants to do that. Craig Wallanen. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Craig Wallanen, third overall, nineteen eighty-five. Oh yeah, I used to have his jersey. You had Craig Wallanen's jersey. Sure, I had his rookie card. <laughs> Before the glorious playoff and Stanley Cup seasons, there was a job to be done. When it came to blue line shores, Wallanen stood tall for the Jerseyites. He played good team defense, said hockey historian Andrew, whatever, rather than obtaining great personal stats and goals and assists. I feel like this is guy's just Stan's friend. I don't exactly. feel like... Yet the he was Michigan a great Indians guy. scored one of the most remarkable goals in Devils history against the Blackhawks. Craig wound up a slap shot from the center ice dot, and a screamer flew past an unscreened goalie, Bob Mason. Who was oh, drunk at the time. Right. I mean, <laughs> I think he was drunk when he was writing this. The guy scored that goal in 1983. He, he also loaned me $50 and never asked for it back. Great guy. He made the list. <laughs> Number 21 is Paul Martin. Oh, yeah. 62nd overall. I really like Paul, Paul Martin. Paul Martin's great, yeah. He, he was a good player. He, you know, he was that era where we were just getting these great defensemen. Yeah. And he was, he was coming out of that machine that, you know, gave us Brian Rafalski and before him Niedermeyer and all, you know. That's right. All these great defensemen that that, that organization <laughs> produced during Speaking that era. Speaking of great defensemen that this organization has produced, and I'm so happy that we're ending this segment with number 20, Damon Severson. Oh, everybody's favorite. Sixtieth oh, wow. overall in twenty thousand two thousand and twelve. All right, Stan, go ahead. What do you like about him? Young defensemen tend to develop slowly in the NHL, and this Western Canadian from Melville, South Saskatchewan, ah, right. is a yeah. perfect example. He develops slowly. Although some critics contend that Severson has been too slow to become a blue line force, the fact is. <laughs> <laughs> He's just been too he's so slow. slow. He's too slow. The fact <laughs> is that he's been a workhorse who enjoyed his career last year, career year last season with 11 goals, 35 assists, and 46 points. All signs indicate that the best is yet to come. Now the Devils have Again? drafted again. He used that line. The, the best the, is yet to come. Oh, he did use that. Let's see. I bet he says that a lot. Yeah, him um, and Kimberly. I. I don't know who Kimberly is. That's one of the Trump kids' girlfriends that likes to scream that out. The best is like yet to Ursula, come. Oh, We're going to try yeah, to put that clip I, of her screaming in right here if I can find it. Yeah, you definitely. Which should. it's everywhere. I'm sure I can find it. I, uh, yeah, I'm not. So so this is the the 30 to 20 that I, I, I there's a lot wrong with this. I don't like this list at all. I think yeah. Fischler's a fucking... Lunatic. Who is this guy? Stan Fisher. <laughs> Stan Fisher. He rarely makes TV anymore. He was doing the segments in between the periods a lot back in the day. In fact, we went over last time, last episode, that he was actually one of our original color co- yeah. commentators for at least oh. a little while. And he was a big train guy. 
He used to like give yes. people what? tours New York City's like trains. He hey. would know everything about what the like fuck? yeah. What you the gotta fuck? take the D train. He today. knew everything about. I, don't know. I remember this. He's elevated. Bumped <laughs> railroad. That the was High Line everything. before it was a park. It yeah. was a train. I used to ride on it. He, <laughs> yeah, he so he's like a historian. So he's like a, he, he's a hockey historian, mostly in the Ranger. And Islanders and stuff, and he got involved with the Devils when they came over. But right. yeah, he, he was already uh, a million years old when the Devils. Came yeah, out. like I, I was actually surprised to find out that he was still alive. <laughs> yeah. So, but and he's grew an extra neck. The man has an extra neck in the last few decades. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in. Forever. It's huge. Do you remember that Star Wars movie with the, the you know you remember Jar Jar's boss? He's like we sit there, you uh, good, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And he would spit and stuff. Yeah. That's what Stan Fisler's neck looks like. That looks like that yes. fucking Dungan? Yes. Yes. That's how he laughed, too. Good job. Thank you. Uh, 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 uh. Um, power rankings? All right. It's time for... Max Power. Max Power. You underestimate my power. That's... Power rankings? Yes. I'm going to put it right there. All right. Uh, number 10, we got Islanders. Nine, Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, is right. Eight, Carolina. Seven, Seattle. What? I like that. Seattle's playing some good hockey. Are they? I got to see him some more. I, I haven't seen him play yet. Six is Dallas. Mm. Top five is Winnipeg. Number yeah. four is Colorado. Number three is Vegas. Yep. Yeah. We are standing pat at number two, and Boston's standing pat at number one. Yep, yep. And then what they say about us here, things are getting downright historical in the Garden State, where the Devils' defeat of Edmonton on Monday equaled the franchise record of 13 straight wins. A chance at a new mark comes Wednesday against Toronto. Mm. I think the team deserves a standing ovation, Coach Lindy Ruff said. A run like this is incredible. Incredible indeed. It was a fucking amazing run. Definitely. And uh, you know what? This team, I honestly think, can just go and run off another 13. Yeah, very possible. Um, important thing is to be a good playoff team. I think that's the next focus is like to Tuning hone up. all yeah, tune up, hone all those areas that separate uh, a team that can you know put together an impressive streak in the uh, in the regular season into that playoff team that looks. Scary well, that nobody wants to play. That's then are going to be able to go to distance. I think right now, and I'm really curious. Like, okay, we we go out, we beat the shit out of Buffalo today. I think tomorrow we should beat Washington, mm. and then you know the Rangers on Monday, which we'll talk before that. We'll do a show before that game and, and discuss it. Yeah, next two that. games, huge tests, right? You get that second crack at Washington, which we said. That's a benchmark for you. And Let's call, see how good you are. I said Vanacek is going to have a shutout. I'm saying. I hope so. You know, you made a, another prediction a little while ago, and if you know, there was one other thing that I was pissed about the Toronto game, is that they pulled away Hall's second goal. Yes. Right. You predicted two goals two out goals. of four games. Mm-hmm. That was your last chance to get it, and you basically got it. Do I get it? Do I get the point? I'm sorry, Toronto fucked you. Damn yeah, the man. NHL just took away your bragging rights there. Right. But I give you a, a close, but no cigar on that one. The um, fucking milk Leafs. Yeah, the, exactly. The milk industry took you down. 
The Canadian milk this industry. Is this is Canadian cows are out to get us. It's right. a fucking conspiracy from the fucking cows exactly. right up to Toronto. Yep. This is insane. Utterly. <laughs> Moving on. We need to move on. Yeah, but you were oh saying, though, um, the next two games. The next you're two absolutely games right. are big. And you're thinking you get a, a, a shutout at Vanacek. Yes. Go and, in and beat the fuck out of the Rangers on Monday. Right. And what I was going to say was, in all my years of watching hockey, I have never seen a better five-on-five hockey team. Oh, yeah. They're Dude. ridiculous. Really are. Really are. Um, I thought, kind of, I was thinking about, you know, the game as we were watching tonight's game. Especially after they got, you know, the 2 nothing lead. Looking at it, how you know, like, they're going to win this game no matter what. Um, but I was looking at, he started, like, leaving it towards the end of the second period wide open. Just, they were just, and you could tell they were having yeah. fun. And I just hope that they can, you know, also turn that shit on and off. Because you can't play that game against Washington and just, you know, exchange wide open chances. Because they won't, they have more discipline than that. Yes. You know, they're not going to give you the wide open chances, but if you want to turn over the puck and give them, you know, chances like that and an effort to make that long breakout pass, they're going to make you pay. They got to be play clean. They yeah. They got to be smart. And, exactly. And they have to do it against the Rangers, too. The Rangers are playing better hockey than they were early in the year, and they still yep. have the best goaltender on the planet. That's going to be a tough game, but I think that that is a game that the Devils should be so hyped up for. Yeah. You know, these next two games have really got... Okay, one's at home, one's away. The crowd should be insane on Saturday. Let's not throw shit on the ice and get somebody fucking hurt. Um, but, you know, that these two games, I think, are going to put them back on the right track. They win the next two. They're at three in a row again. I just think this team could go smooth sailing. Yeah. If injury bug doesn't hit them, I mean, what the hell is going to stop them? Absolutely, yeah. No, and just to also make sure that they don't create a team out there that has their number for some reason. Right. right. Because Washington has that one win on them. The Rangers are a perennial, like, you know, oh, that's your that's your rival. So you, you lose a game or two there, and you're like, everybody's keeping track of the season record against them. You want to make sure that you're, you know, on par with these teams that are going to be uh, likely playoff contenders and you're, you know, Division rivals. Well, so, if you huge really, games. You're, I couldn't agree with you more because if you really stop and look at it, so we've played the Blue Jackets once, we've played the Flyers once, we've played the Capitals once, and we played the Islanders once, and that is all the divisional games we played so yeah, far. We've been all over Canada. So instead. you have only four divisional games under your belt, and right. yeah, you're banking wins and you're banking points, but you, you know, you're talking about teams that have for the last few years. Add your number. Are you going to change that fate when it comes to Washington and Philadelphia and Carolina picking on you for the last few, and the Rangers right. picking on you, us for the last you know three or four years? The divisional rivals. That's like double points. You well, lose yeah. that game, you give your division rival points. Exactly. That's like double points in the standings. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, so the fact that we you know only have the four divisional games right now so far yeah. it, it you know there is a whole lot of work that still needs to be done so yeah i think maybe we i think maybe i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself but you, you know when you you're right because when you say you know you don't want to pick a team that or you don't want to run into a team that just has your number there are quite a few teams we haven't played yet that have perennially had our number yep i hope that it can change and i just wanted to ask evie too like what's the word on the street, but the youth movement. 
You hear a lot from <laughs> young Gen Devils fans. Saying about the Devils. Yeah. Do you see it coming um, up? Or you see a little bit more Devils stuff in the hallways? And, you know, are you seeing a little bit more of a, a social media uptick from the, the not just the uh, traditional outlets, but, you know, the uh, young people in the world today? Yeah. I mean, I think, actually, I've definitely seen an increase in Devils jerseys than uh, Rangers jerseys in the hallways at school, which is very awesome to see that's right because i have a lot of um rangers fans on my hockey team and like few devils fans which sucks but they've been quiet so far this year the ranger fans oh yeah been quiet yeah now that's a monday night's game right it's gonna be huge for the uh personal relationships out there (laughs) yeah you know you get the bragging rights absolutely it's always fun so whose jersey is most worn it's pr- in the hallways. It's probably Hughes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I was in high school, I would totally have a Hughes jersey. Yeah. Well, he looks like he's in high school. Yeah, yeah. He does. he does. But man, he is a hell of a player. Amazing. I I do think at some point in the next however many years, you will see all three Hughes brothers on New Jersey. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think it's gonna that would happen. be awesome. Yeah, I don't know how they get Quinn though, right? Vancouver sucks. Yeah, that's how you get him. You package a few guys up and you send them off to Vancouver and you get well, Quinn We Hughes. get it. Yeah, exactly. And how about the defenseman too? You know, we get Luke. Yeah. Well, and, and Quinn. Yeah, and Quinn's Quinn. defenseman too. So yeah. we got to get room for them, you know? Well, there might be room on the right side soon. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, you also have Simon Nemec. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to be insane. He's having right a good year, supposedly down in Albany or Albany, what the fuck, Utica. Yeah, um, that's 20, like ten years ago, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, towns. so I mean, that listen, as far as the blue line goes, this team's future looks really promising. Definitely. Uh, I, but yeah, I do think at some point you are going to have all three uh, Hughes brothers, and the NHL will absolutely love that. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like they were, like I'm kind of like you, we talked about the last episode, like, and you mentioned like maybe losing this streak is a good thing, you know, yeah. maybe. And I think you're right. I was thinking about it, and you know what? They don't have to answer any more questions, like you said, anymore. They don't have to, you know. Now they could just go on and move on, and talk about hockey, talk about their game, yeah. not just about the fucking streak. Somebody yeah. got to tell uh, Spalding. Yeah, because, I was just gonna say. Right? Yeah. I mean. No more jinxes, hopefully. He sounds mm-hmm. like a jinx machine. Remember Doc Emmerich would be like, eh, you know, we're not going to mention he'd talk around things yes. because yes. like any good hockey fan, he yeah. believed in jinxes. You yeah. don't talk about, I mean, Spalding goes out and says, oh yeah, if he makes, you know, these saves in the last minute, he'll have a shutout. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. You never say that. <laughs> don't say that. And then no. the streak thing, you got you to bring up every possible streak. Road streak, this streak, that's <laughs> he's banned from saying the word streak. Just give it a rest, dude. He, you know, he's very, he's he's exuberant. I think you know, and that's okay. But yeah, come he's on, excitable, totally. Yeah. I mean, listen, even we're still six points ahead of the second place Islanders in the Metropolitan Division, but the schedule does get a lot harder coming up. Um, yeah. Got the you know, divisional it, rivals. Yeah, that's the key. You know, you mm-hmm. wanna you wanna win these games. You have to you have to start winning them now. And you know, we have two divisional games in a row. Then we go into Nashville, and then again, then we start back. We have the Flyers, and we have the Islanders, and the Rangers again. So all these games coming up in the next few these games right before Christmas, we have a bunch of 
right up until December 23rd, we have a bunch of divisional games and the Eastern Conference games. We play Florida two times in December. We play Carolina. We play Boston twice. A bunch of games against the Flyers, a couple against the Rangers. So, yeah, this team, and, you know, this is... I think that we're going to have a much better idea of what kind of team this really is after the holidays. Absolutely. Think, yeah, after It's the been a year, strange schedule this first yes. quarter of the season. And I think it's time to, like, hunker down and see what this team can really do. I think we'll have a good idea of who they are January 1st and rolling into the new year. And if they can keep it up through the month of December... Yeah. And, you know, like you said, playoff spot is locked up. Then you just got to fine-tune, hone, figure out, fix the pieces that you think you might be a little leaky. And uh, let's see if we can go on a fucking playoff run. Yeah. It's an exciting time. What are you guys looking for in the Washington game tomorrow? Evie, what are you looking for? What do you want to see? I want to see that Vanacek shutout. Okay. Well, he's going to do it because I said it. Yeah. So it's going to happen. That would be great. Um, to, that would also take like the defensive mastery that I want to see. I want to see them limit chances and start looking like a playoff team, and uh, you know, take a page out of Washington's book. You know, like it's we all know this is a talented Devils team that can score, but can you control your opponent? Can you control a big physical opponent? And uh, that's going to take a commitment to defense and uh, hard work. So that's what I want to see. I agree. I want to see, uh, very similar to you guys, I want to see them, yeah, lock it down, not make stupid mistakes, not cough the puck up in the uh, de- uh, you know, defensive zone, offensive zone, rather. I want to see them just play really solid. They've come out a little flat in the first period. and they seem Yeah, to that's that. something to work on, right? And I don't like that. It's been a few times. You, know, so. you get on a, a good team, and they get on you, and they're going to score two or three in the first period, and if you have that attitude of, well, we'll just get them back in the second and third, that's not a good way to play. Yeah, you could say that's kind of what cost them with the Toronto game. I mean, we, we sat around bitching about the refs, but the truth is they uh, you know, they took a little too long to get started in that yeah. game, and it's not been the first time. And you know what? You felt like it didn't matter because they were coming back and winning all situations, but... Eventually, that kind of well, flatness gonna, will catch up to you. Yeah, you're going to face uh, solid goaltenders. I mean, the guys playing on the other side of the ice are professionals that get paid a lot of money too. You know, so yeah. you, you know, your Murray played out of his fucking head. Right, and, but if he played three periods that were of the quality the Devils played in the third period, it'd be hard even at that level for Murray to keep the Devils from winning that game. And that's what, like you're saying, they got to come out right out of the gate. Now, I'll tell you what, even though they didn't get the goals tonight. Uh, you know, in the first period uh, versus, uh, you know, tonight's game. But, you know, the, this, yeah, they, they they were not flat by any means. No, and they were no. they were rocking. And that's, that's what you want to see, especially uh, against an even better opponent than the Sabres. And one last thing. You guys have Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah. Watch the peripheral. Uh, the peripheral. Very good. Um... Do I have to look at this thing from the corner of my eye? Yes. Oh, really? Only from the peripheral. <laughs> if you look at it straight on... You can't. You can't. You no, go blind. Don't watch it's dangerous, it. You, Yeah. You'll burn your fucking retinas out. Oh, I don't... I'm scared now. Seriously, it's a good show. Um, I think you guys would like it. It's pretty cool. I'm yeah. actually going to watch an episode when I go inside. Yeah. All right. All right. That sounds good, man. So, uh, that's it. Real quick, um... 
Anybody that wants to contact us, email us at unclepuckers at gmail.com. Uh, we will read any comments or questions or anything that you have yeah. on the, one of the podcasts. Send us an email. Let send, us know what you think. Yes, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore uncle underscore puckers. Uh, anything else, Evie? We have a Twitter, too. We do? Oh, yeah. No, please tell the fans. Yeah, uh, the underscore uncle underscore puckers on Twitter. I did not Follow know we have a Twitter account. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Thank you, Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. Our executive underscore producer, Evie. Because, um, seriously... Uncle if, underscore puckers. Right? If it wasn't for Evie joining the show, it would be Dan and I just hanging out in the garage, getting drunk, and not really doing much more talking about the devil. And this so. is nice, too. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is nice, too. So, thank you, Evie. And, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch up with you next time. See you next time. Puckers out. It's over, Johnny. It's over!